What is up, Bleacher Fan Faithful? Welcome back to another episode of the Extra Point Podcast presented by Bleacher Fan Sports. It is the dynamic duo back again this week, Sully and Jones. Uh, Tommy Bunn's taking the week off, but he will be with us hopefully next week again. A lot of stuff going on sports last couple weeks, but uh, as usually with this time of year, the NBA is king, so we're going to lead with that. Um, And more specifically, uh, the situation with Chris Paul in Oklahoma City. Uh, major move shakeup with Russell Westbrook heading now reuniting with uh, James Harden in Oklahoma, or in Houston, I should say, um, and Chris Paul heading back to his uh, once home in Oklahoma City. People forget Hornets played there for one year, um, but yeah, uh, it seems today that the the trade market is kind of drying up, or what what we thought there would be a trade market for Chris Paul, and uh, looks like he could actually start the season on the Thunder. Um, after that, considering or seemingly not being possible when they first made the deal, but um, it's looking more and more that way. Woj with the the bomb today that that's a real possibility. Uh, so what do you think? Is are we going to see Chris Paul and the Thunder at the you know October fifteenth, or or are we going to get him the whole year? Is he going to be dealt at the deadline? What what do you think is going to go on with this situation? Um, well, I you know I obviously heard the Miami Heat were in the running and. Uh, it sounds like they're asking prices too much. The only way I'd want him is if we can get a ton of draft capital um, but to take on that contract. But honestly, I, I hope he does stay in OKC and he rots there because I feel like everyone liked Chris Paul early on in his career. They rooted for him. He was on a shitty team. And he's really just been on, you know, great you know great team after great team and he just can't do anything and he's just a, he's become a whiner a flopper a complainer and he's really just become one of the most insufferable players um and i really just i couldn't i think i couldn't think it's more funnier than to see him rot in okc and on his last legs right now because so i i hope he stays there and i don't think anyone will take on that contract unless there's two three first rounders which is essentially then you giving up Russell Westbrook for nothing. Yeah. Because the other two assets are pick swaps in that deal, and it's not likely that the Rockets are going to be worse than the Thunder in the next two to four years. No, not at all. Not at all. But um, I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine anyone really thinking he has any game left. Uh, he's obviously on the downhill if, if anything, it's for the draft picks, and it would have to be, you know, it would have to be extreme, like you said. Then it, it, you really pretty much didn't get anything for Russell Westbrook. So what's what's the point? Um, so that wouldn't make sense for them. So I don't know. I hope the Heat don't get him. I, re- I really, I really do. Um, but more or less, where, where does this where does this leave the Rockets? Obviously, this is two uh, awful style matchups in Westbrook and Harden. But coming into the season where they likely were, I had them at a seven seed, I think, being that how much better the West has gotten comparatively, and they've pretty much stayed the same. Does this make them better or the same, worse? 
to me, it's all about if one of them can change. If one of them can figure out how to be active without the ball in their hands, how to be helpful on the defensive end of the floor, how to be more efficient, how to take a back seat. If one of them, either one it is, can figure out how to do that, then they, they could be lethal. If they can't, which I personally don't think will happen, I think we're looking at one of the most disappointing duos ever, all-star duos ever formed in league history. Well, I, I will say this. I, I, Russell Westbrook's defense was a lot better last year. Agreed. Uh, off off the ball, I mean... And people like to say J- James Harden's defense was improved. It's like, yeah, he went from 450th to 375. Like, yeah. he's so, still so, one of the worst defenders in the league. So, with with Russell Westbrook, he, he does impact off ball, mainly in his rebounding, I think. But, yeah, it, unfortunately, he, he can't shoot. So... How much better is he going to get off the ball? He's going to have to improve his shooting, which, I, I mean, he, he clearly the last two years has been his worst shooting years in, in recent memory. So it's for him to get better off the ball, he'll pretty much have to, you know, you can't you can't do backdoors to the you know to the hoop ball all all game with James Harden feeding you. So I heard I heard an insane stat last last year. Do you know how many points or how many baskets combined? Russell Westbrook and James Harden had cutting to the hoop. One. Combined. One. Wait, what? They had one bucket combined cutting to the basket last year. Wow. That's like, I mean, I know Westbrook's definitely more active off the ball, but you look at Harden, he's, it might as well be four on five when he doesn't have the ball in his hands. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's completely useless and it's, it's, it's embarrassing. Yeah, it really is, and I and I think he's going to be the one that's going to have to play off ball more, um, because he can shoot. He can shoot. I mean, he's not a great shooter, but with the volume he takes, he doesn't shoot a bad percentage. He's like thirty-seven. You know, it'll be anywhere from thirty-six, thirty-eight percent with the high difficulty shots he takes. If you can get him to contribute off ball and to actually, I mean, one of them, you know, he's. I mean, he's going to make some sort of effort, but. He's gonna. He's capable of making open shots. We know that. He's he he can be a very good shooter. He's a streaky shooter, but he can be a very good one. Russell Westbrook. I don't know if we're we're seeing him make 33 percent of his threes even. So uh, I think it, we're gonna we're gonna have to see Harden give up a lot out of the two of them. And that, but that seemed to be the issue with with Paul and and Harden. They Harden clearly wasn't able to do that. Maybe that's different because because of where Paul was in his game and and. And uh, Harden saw that, but yeah, he, I mean, and yes, these both these players have changed a lot since they played together. But Oklahoma City was considerably worse with Harden and Westbrook on the court than any of the any of the other two combos or three combos with those three guys, as mm-hmm. it like KD Harden or KD Westbrook. So I don't know. I just think I, it. I think it it makes it a lot more interesting and exciting, though. Yeah, I mean they'll they'll be they'll be fun to watch for sure. I mean, there's, yeah, they'll, there's no they'll, doubt they'll about that. They'll have some game. They'll have some games where they don't look like they're uh, they're beatable. You know, I mean, when Russ is making his shots, good luck beating a team that Russell Westbrook is on. If he's if he's getting if he's making his shots, that's a tough team to stop. It's more likely than not he's not going to be making his shots though. So that's that that that's that's the issue at hand with any Russell Westbrook given team, but. Uh, maybe, maybe silver lining, maybe Russ, Russell, I've heard, I've all, everything I've heard, I'm a big Kendrick Perkins fan. 
he, and he raves about James Harden and how easy and how great of a teammate he is. So, and I really take what Kendrick has to say to heart. I think he's really one of the good um, sources of information. He was in this NBA free agency too for a large part of it. So, um, if he is, maybe uh, Russell West he'll he'll allow Russell Westbrook to really help him defensively and really just effort wise. I mean, like really just influencing him to give more energy. If if James Harden played with Russell Westbrook's uh, passion and competitiveness, he would he could be like a top twelve player, top fifteen player ever. Yeah, I mean, I mean Russell Westbrook. Yeah, we we shit on the guy a lot. No one plays harder than that guy. No, Him and true. Jimmy Butler. I don't know if there's a guy that plays harder than those two guys. Yeah, they give it all every time. They may not look pretty. They might. They may have their flares. They're they could be labeled as toxic as whatever ball hogs in Westbrook's case, but they give it their all. And if that's some sort of you know, thing that can rub off on Harden, then then maybe it's a it's a more effective duo. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at uh, the Westbrook and Paul's three-point percentage. Westbrook's highest career three-point percentage was his... 34? Yeah, it was 34 during his, his yeah. uh, first, his MVP season. Yeah. And now he's only cleared 34 times in his career. Yeah. Which is real bad. I mean, he shot twenty-two percent from three his rookie year. Yeah, you would, you thought he would learn from that, and it's gone down the last two years. Yeah, what is it? What is it? What what is it? Two years ago, thirty-one. Last year, twenty-nine. Two years ago, twenty-nine point eight. Last year, twenty-nine flat. Yeah, I mean, you you know what you're getting there. And Chris you know Paul, Chris Paul is he's a good shooting guard, but no one thinks of him as a sharp shooter. His worst season. In Houston was last year. He shot thirty five, thirty six percent. He he can yeah. He's always been a capable three point shooter, Chris Paul. That's one shot, thing that shot forty one percent two years ago. Yeah, and thirty eight percent last year. Two years ago, he really in the playoffs. He was making tons of threes. This year, he was pretty non existent aside from a game or two. Um, and especially the three point shot wasn't falling for him at all in the playoffs. Yeah, I just but, think that's a big reason why he was able to why Harden was able to play so much point because Paul was in a a threat of a shot off the ball. Yeah, he does. Westbrook's not. I mean, Westbrook's Westbrook's 3% away from getting the Ben Simmons treatment outside the three-point line. Yeah. I mean, if you're if you're Russell Westbrook, I mean, and you're passing to Russell Westbrook out on the three-point line, uh best case scenario is a pump fake, you know, get him to bite for a split second and drive it to the rack and then he's a very good pa- very good and willing passer um and can, you know, obviously he's a great driver great finisher um you know westbrook is a he's a finisher and he's a streaky mid-range shooter he can make mid-range shots at times he can that's that's where he where he should live is in the paint and in the mid-range anywhere from 10 to 18 he's not money all the time but he can he can make them he can make them and 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 keep you honest out there off the dribble um yeah agreed yeah that's that that's what he should be that's what he should be sticking to can you take a couple three-pointers a game? Sure. Keep the defense honest, take one or two a game? Sure. But not five or six a game. Yeah. And what was he at? Let me see what he He was averaging I, last year. I he averaged uh, 6.4 off the top of my head. 5.6 attempts a game. Okay. All right. I wasn't far off. But the year, and the year he shot 34% was his highest. He shot 7.2 threes a game. Yeah. Which is still, if you're shooting 34% from from three and you're taking seven threes a game, that's that's not 
that's not effective. Yeah. No. You yeah. gotta be shooting at least thirty six, thirty seven if you're if you're jacking up shots. I mean, shot five point six and only made an average of one point six last season. Yeah. So you, you <laughs> you're getting six shots a game and making two two of them if he's lucky. Yeah. Not a good yeah. night. I mean. Well, I mean, we've discussed that duo, but uh, this is the summer of, you know, I guess correction in the NBA and the dynamic duos being formed. Um, we've got a good, what, eight, uh, we've got eight to ten, you know, realistic, bona fide all-star duos uh, now, with, it was starting with, you know, uh, Westbrook Harden, Paul, uh, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, uh Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid. Um, you got to uh, still put Thompson and Curry in there, even though he's gonna Thompson's gonna be hurt. Giannis Middleton. Giannis Middleton. And um, then you got uh, Porzingis, Doncic. Porzingis, Doncic. I don't know if we're putting them in necessarily the the kind of title contender superstar and duo the, yet, that, but and that Lillard, Lillard and McCollum is always Lillard is always and McCollum. Yeah. Um, and even now you got to – I mean, I'm not Conley. Literally, isn't an all star, but you got to take note of of Conley and. Uh, Mitchell with Utah. Utah's built themselves a real nice team. I like that duo a lot. I think I think that's going to be one of the more effective duos. I think um, McConley's being such a great defensive player and joining such a very already good defensive team. Uh, he can make threes. He can you know he can beat you off the dribble. He passes. Mike Conley's the ultimate team player. Uh, he's an ideal point guard. Uh, I think for for any team. So. It's still unreal to me that he hasn't made an all-star team like once in his career. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you look at C.J. McCollum. He hasn't made one. Devin Booker, I mean, he's putting up numbers, but he's on a bad team. He hasn't made one. There's so many guards out West that haven't made all-star, that ha- that are so talented. The West is so stacked. When We're I mean, forgetting got- Murray, Murray and Jokic, too, on, on yeah. Denver. And, uh, I mean, you know. Didn't Jok- Jokic make it? Yeah, I'm just saying another dynamic duo. Oh, another duo. Yeah, that's, that's and obviously great, Durant and Irving, but that doesn't really apply for next season. Honestly, the most diverse one maybe might be Murray and and, and Jokic. Just from, uh, I mean, Murray, he came into the league, uh, you know, a spot of three point shooter out of Kentucky. Now he can beat you any which way off the dribble. He can be, you know, pull up jumper. You know, all coming off baseline screens. He can do pretty much it all, and and Jokic is the, I'm gonna say the best passing big man we've ever, big man we've ever seen. Yeah, he's I don't certainly think, up I don't, there. I don't think that's an exaggeration. He really doesn't because he the runs the open here. floor too. What? He, ma- he makes transition plays with the passing. Yeah, he's he's so he like he just looks so gross. His body, like his skin tone, like he's just he's just he looks like he looks like the Michelin man out there. But what, he used he, to drink like like three gallons of Coke a day or some shit like that. It was yeah, it's some it, it absorbent clearly, amount. Clearly, it shows. And this guy can make every pass. He's a great three-point shooter. He's a good mid-range shooter, which is weird for uh, for a big that can do both. He's and a great rebounder. He's he, sne- he's sneakily good off the dribble too. Yeah, he 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 has a little pump fake dribble and 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 pass. I mean, not many teams where you have a center that can take you off the dribble and pass it or score as well as shoot from the three. I don't know if there's any team. Joel Embiid is the only other one that comes to mind, but he's obviously nowhere near the passer or as effective off the dribble. But that's the only other one that's even in the same category to me. And Horford, maybe Horford. Yeah. Maybe Horford, so, but obviously it's not, he's not the uh, offensive threat of him. So um, that that's a really intriguing one for years and years and years to come, I think. 
Who so who basing off all that? Who's your who's your favorite duo? <laughs> who do you think complements each other the best? Who do you think? I'm not talking about the team built around them, even though that's not necessarily all in place yet, or necessarily like you know I can't I don't want to say who do you want to start a team with because then obviously you're gonna who go complements each other the best. Yeah, I mean let let's go with like a one a one you have one season to play next season think- and you can build a team around these two guys. Who are you going with? I'm I'm probably gonna go with Kawhi and Paul George. That's because, that's who I would go with too. Unfortunately, see, I, I I might even think LeBron and AD are the better. But in regards of starting a team and flexibility purposes and how their games match up, I think it's no doubt in my mind, uh, Paul George and Kawhi because they both are not ball dominant and they both can play with the ball when they need to and they can both pull up and make threes. And Kawhi also showed he can be a willing passer and a good passer this postseason. And they both can lead a team. I mean, they do it in different ways. I feel like I feel like personality-wise, they really complement each other well, too. Because Paul I mean, Paul George has shown he can be that vocal leader. He's shown that, you know, obviously they didn't win a title in Indiana, but he... And Paul is, George isn't conflictive, either. He's, yes. not, he's not a... Exactly. Yeah, um, they're, they're, you're not going to see much emotion on the floor with them. I mean, you're, you'll see more from George, but... Uh, I mean, Kawhi's obviously, a, 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 you know, a, you know, a stone out there. He doesn't show anything. And, and, and Paul George is very even keel demeanor wise. He's got a very cool um, person. I mean, he played with Russ, and he yeah. really didn't lose his cool much. Yeah, I mean, Paul George. Those are two in general. Paul George and Kawhi are two of my favorite players in the league because. Yeah. But you know how much you know me. You know how much I love players. players that play both both sides of the ball. Yes. They're the only duo, the only duo in of the ten or twelve that we've named that are elite defensively. Both yes. of them. A lot of them have, uh, you know, and the only other one that, that you know, can be up to the potential-wise is LeBron and AD because LeBron, we know, can play great defense in the playoffs. But in the regular season, you know you're not getting it from him. Yeah, and no. we know with his, with his injury history, who knows? I mean, he'll probably be back, but... Um, the more years, it doesn't it doesn't help LeBron's case. Um, exactly, Time, I, I, time's working against him, and I think that's yeah, we I, talked yeah. about. That's why he built the team he did around him this summer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're but, just the straight duo conversation. I I agree. I mean, I now think, imagine this for the Clippers. Imagine the the their their, their defensive front line, Bev, Beverly, George, and Kawhi. Yeah, and then and How then how are you scoring on them? At, at by some grace of fluke luck, you get by that inside the three point line by those guys. You have Montrez Harrell ready to knock your fucking teeth in. Yeah. So, no thanks. Yeah, I'm. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm all set driving to the lane on. I them. mean, I think they're going to be their defensive teams we've seen. Yeah, and like, and like, Doc's like a, Doc's a coach that gets years. that out of them, and yeah. you know both of those guys like we talked about they they're going to lead by example on that. And when you throw Beverly in there too, like. Beverly's a guy that will get on you and has the respect in the locker room to be able to get on you. Do you so, like Beverly? I do. I mean, I like. Obviously, I know a lot of people don't like him, and he's I'm done some. Beverly, yeah. He's done some, you know, some questionable things in the past. Um, but I, uh, I, I did. I, I think you have to love his passion. I, I'm going to respect yeah. any guy that that is competent on offense and is really a lockdown defender. Like yeah. he's just a bulldog. I, and you have he to respect that Katie's in the NBA. Skin. He got under KD's skin, um, and he played some phenomenal defense on him, and and it obviously wasn't all him. But he, he got into Kevin Durant's defense uh, uh, head a little bit, excuse me, at times. So Yeah, I he's mean, and, uh, he's Russ's least favorite player in the league, so I can't wait yeah. for those matchups. 
Yeah, I mean now, that, they, especially now that Beverly's starting. They hate each other. I mean, I, 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 yeah, I love his passion. When it comes to the dirty plays that more many people don't like him to, like, 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 you know, they're questionable. Um, not all of them, but I attribute some of them just to how hard he plays. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like the ones. To me, there's like three or four that people call into question, and I only think one of those could really be considered dirty. And it was in the middle of like the the him and Westbrook feud. So like, I attribute a lot of that to kind of like I don't I flat out don't like this guy, and I don't really give a fuck about his well being. Like yeah, that happens when you're playing sports and when you yeah. I mean I mean it's it's kind of more rare today in basketball, but yeah. And people, you know, day. everyone, and that's what he is. That uh, Beverly's a, a '80s, '90s type of uh, ball yeah, player. Yeah, Beverly's an '80s, '80s guy. He's he's got a little like Gary Payton in him. Yeah, and that's I mean, you know, Gary Payton. We're talking about a top top ten, twelve point guard of all time. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that, that Beverly, uh, they're going to be a problem. I I like I like the Clippers a lot this year. Um. Although what they haven't filled out too much. Like what, you know, they're top six, seven, eight guys, but. I feel like who are they got? Jermichael Green. They brought him back, right? I'm not sure if they did. I know they got. Um, they're they're the lineup isn't isn't that bad. I know. I remember looking at it. Um, they got they got Zubac uh, off oh, the yeah. bench. That's good, the good. Um, solid. You know, he's definitely. They got Lou Williams off the bench still. Let's not forget. Oh yeah, and they they still got a. Uh... I mean, you got, they got Wilson, off. Wilson Chandler, Landry Shamet. Oh, yeah, Landry, yeah, Landry Landry Shamet is a great uh, is a great three point shooter, and they got Mo Harkless. Yeah, yeah, they got a they got a, a real solid squad. And Jerome, we don't even know what Jerome Robinson's going to do. We haven't seen anything out of him yet, yeah. but he could put the ball in the hoop at at, at Boston College. Yeah, so the you know. They're they're a very defensive minded team for sure. They're 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 going to be defense and and you know making threes for the for the most part. And then a lot of I mean you're gonna I mean I think you're gonna really just you're gonna have the ball in Lou Williams' hands and Paul George and Kawhi's hands. It's gonna be the three of them running the show. And they're gonna be a team like like what Toronto did this year. That's gonna pick up a guy like Marcus All at the deadline. Like not yeah. they're gonna pick up a guy that's like. Not a superstar anymore, but is really going to help a team like a Sir, like a yeah, Serge Ibaka, like Marcus a, like, a, like or, a Paul Millsap. Yeah, exactly. Like one of those yeah. guys. It's just he, he still really can contribute to to a team, but he's no longer that that number one or number two guy because um, mm-hmm. they have the contracts to do it. They have you know Wilson Chandler makes twelve million, uh, Jermichael Green makes seven point five, Harkless makes ten. Jermichael Green isn't bad. He's he, no, he's, of course not. He's underrated. He's um, uh, and then they have the young guys to to sweeten the pot in in Robinson and Shamet and, and Thornwell. Um, yeah, Thornwell's a very good defender too. Yeah, so they, yeah, so they I, I I think they I think they make a move, um, at the deadline. But yeah, they, they, I didn't I, I didn't even realize how how deep they were. Yeah, them and the Lakers are both very deep. Yeah, that's gonna yeah, be that's, that's gonna be a fun battle. I mean, we we better get all four of those games on on national TV this year. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's all we got for this week, boys. But uh, thank you for listening. Uh, and uh, give us all a follow on social media, Bleacher Fan Sports, at Bleacher Fan everywhere you look. Um, we'll be back next week.